VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus last season on the choosing sides f1 podcast we established unequivocally that f1 is the pinnacle of motorsports we did but honestly i was left with more questions than answers tony i'm tony cam brown a tech culture and f1 commentator and i'm michael costa comedian from the daily show join us for season two of choosing sides f1 our f1 102 if you will and get all of the answers all of them Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. The Bucky Brooks in for Mike tonight. So, uh, Buck, one thing today, I, I, and I've, I've been cringing because I kind of want your opinion on this, but I kind of don't want it if I'm not going to like it. So I, I was cringing about bringing this up to you. But uh, so today the Jets and Packers are having their joint practice here. And uh, we're going to get to Draymond Green and, and Katie in a second. So the, the Jets and Packers having joint practices. You know, Aaron Rodgers talked about how he doesn't want this to be a farewell tour. And the flip side of the coin was Jets quarterback Zach Wilson got to see Aaron Rodgers and meet him and said, boy, I'm such a fanboy around him because he grew up and Aaron Rodgers was his idol. And, you know, we're doing the same thing for a living, but it's kind of hard. And, you know, but to get to meet Aaron Rodgers was really cool and get to talk to him. Rodgers said Zach Wilson seemed like a nice kid and all of these different things. Uh, Is this okay with you? That Zach Wilson talked about this is a cool thing here, or should he have just been, hey, you know what, I, I uh, it's great, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a great player, I looked up to him, but we're here to do a job. Are you okay with him saying, hey, listen, I was kind of a fanboy around him? Yeah, I can, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like I, <clears throat> I understand it. Now, this runs counter to what I experienced when I was with the Raiders in Oakland and, and Mr. Davis, and how he did not. Uh, like when you were fraternized with players from the other team. In fact, Jason, I, I can tell you a quick story. I was playing for the Raiders. I had just come over from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are playing us in the Coliseum. One of my closest uh, buddies in the National Football League was James Hasty, former Jet. Oh, um, he was great, James Hasty. It's James oh, Hasty. He was so good. He was a mentor oh, of mine. Wow. He, he really helped me along the way in terms of playing cornerback and that stuff. So, in pregame, I'm over there talking to him and we're kind of warming up together. And Mr. Davis sees me. I, like, I'm in the far end zone. He is on the other 20. And you just hear a whistle. And he makes this, this hand motion. And I was like, ooh. 
I am in the principal's office because I was talking to a player. So I get that because that's what you do. I think in this moment, Zach Wilson gets a chance to see his hero. Aaron Rodgers, a guy that, I mean, a year ago, he probably was on BYU's practice field being like, oh, Aaron Rodgers making a throw. And look, you are going to fanboy that a little bit. And so I'm okay with him making that reference and, and openly admitting, hey, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is my guy. I looked up to him. It's cool. It's this. Because there is a little stargazing that you do when you're a young player in the league. Uh, so wow I, I so you knew right there you were like uh-oh and you were going through in your head what could i possibly have done what, what what's, uh, what's, what's going to happen to uh, me just <laughs> just all bad right i didn't even know mr davis was on the field like just all bad like it's oh. i guess it's an unwritten rule it, i mean look it's it's the same thing but pat riley you know like channel your your Knicks fandom and how when Patrick Ewing and those guys would put people on the ground and not help them up in the playoffs, like go full X X Man, uh, Anthony Mason, John Starks <laughs> mode. Like, no, we don't shake hands, we don't help people up, we're not talking to them. All of that exists, and so it's it's different because the game is such where, as much as we want those rivalries and we want guys to hate each other. It typically doesn't get down like that. In some way, shape, or form, you've seen these guys at camps or 707 teams and that stuff. So you're going to have relationships. And then when you have an opportunity to see one of your heroes, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, that makes it's, it's going to be hard to avoid that. You know, you, you tell that story about uh, Al Davis, and I remember, and I think about that, you know, not fraternize with the enemy. And I remember a story when uh, Jim Plunkett you know, was doing uh, broadcast for the Raiders. He was, he was a color analyst, and they were playing the Lions one day. And Plunkett, just to the game, decided to wear, he was cold up in the booth, decided to wear a light blue sweater. Oh, no. And, and oh, Al Davis no. like, what are you doing? You, no, and he, no, no, and he no, like, got no. so mad at him because you just wore a light blue sweater. He wore Lions colors to broadcast the game. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> No, not at all. Oh, not that was when, at all. That was when Lane Kiffin did that, right? When 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 they were fighting and he wanted to fire Lane Kiffin and Lane Kiffin shows up for the press conference the next day wearing a red pullover because they were playing the Chiefs that week. Just, and he, and he was, just, just, <laughs> certain things you, you learn from Whew. those old school uh, owners and coaches. I'm telling you, the Pat Riley thing, like not not getting down like that. Like, no, we don't talk to him. We don't. We don't dap him. We don't help him up. I don't want to see it. That's mm. There's something that's us against the world. Jason Smith, Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio. Now, speaking of us against the world, it was kind of like that, and then it wasn't like that for Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. All right, Now, if you remember the well-publicized incident in 2018 uh, during a game against the L.A. Clippers in which Draymond and KD had a huge disagreement over passing the basketball, and this disagreement spilled over into the locker room, and it was a huge incident that many people uh, thought was the instigating fact that led KD to eventually leave the team to go play for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, that's something that we've thought about for a long time. And then today, well, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, who maybe have gotten close again, considering how they won the gold medal together. And after they they won it, they made sure to go on social media and make fun of everybody who picked them to not win the gold medal. Uh, KD and Draymond went on the first episode of the new series Chips, the Draymond Green series. And it's an interview uh, show. And he's sitting down shooting the breeze with Kevin Durant. And I got to say, it, it looked just like two guys hanging out and, and talking about times and old times and playing. But this was a really big deal because the topic brought got brought up about why Kevin Durant left the team and was the fight with Draymond Green part of it. Kevin Durant says, no, it wasn't. In fact, it was more about team GM Bob Myers and head coach Steve Kerr mishandling the fallout from it. They wanted to treat it like, hey, let's sweep it under the rug and let's move on. Kevin Durant lights both of them on fire by saying it was their fault, and that's why he left the team. Draymond Green uh, kind of agreed with that. Here's Draymond talking about the after effects of what went on. Y'all about to this up. I said the only person that can make this right is me and Kay. And there's nothing that y'all can do, and y'all are going to this up. And in my opinion, they it up. I think so too. They told me right then and there, like, we're going to suspend you for this game. I laughed in their face, literally laughed in their face. 
And Bob said to me, he said, um, wow, that was not the reaction I was looking for or expecting. You know, you brought this up earlier in the show about how they've gotten closer and in, in, in you know playing for the gold medal and winning, and here they are now, and and here's this show uh, that okay, KD can say what he wants, he's gone from the team, but here's Draymond Green who has decided to say, you know what, I'm going to question that my head coach and my general manager don't know what they're doing, and what this doesn't make sense unless Draymond Green is trying to find his way out of Golden State and get to a different team. All right, we're all on the, hey, Golden State's going to be great this year, and oh, and Clay Thompson's coming back. Who knows how good he's going to be? The Warriors dynasty is gone, okay? It's dead. It's not coming back. But you would think that Draymond and, and Steph are going to wind up being there forever. Uh, the only way this makes sense, why I'm bringing up a big criticism of my current coach and GM is because I want out, and I want to go play somewhere else, and I'm going full James Harden where I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to say what I can to make everybody you're so mad at me that you have to get rid of me and let me go someplace else cuz that's what makes sense. So I'm wondering if this was something that hey, Draymond's going along with this because really a guy you wouldn't see him do it when he's still on the team that that these guys are 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 in charge of. Uh I, I look at this as Draymond wants out and and here's his Harden moment of you know what? I'm going to get out and I'm going to get to a different team now cuz it's time for me to go for whatever reason yeah i mean it does seem like he's trying to sabotage his his, his plight with the go to state warriors like <laughs> coming back from uh tokyo the olympics like maybe he's like you know what it might be it might be time for me to move on because that is the only time that you would kind of take uh kerosene to the wicker to the wick like he, he just did but there's also a part of me that's like hey this is draymond being draymond and maybe the golden state warriors would just have an understanding because the one thing we know Steve Kerr is going to be asked that question in the offseason, first thing in training camp. They're going to talk about the situation with Draymond Green. And we will see quickly if they are okay with Draymond kind of being so outspoken about it. You know, and the thing is, is that this kind of it, it's like a double edged sword because you know, look, Draymond's a smart dude. He knows exactly what he says, how it's going to be received. He knows what he's doing when he's he's on that show and he is lighting up Steve Kerr and Bob Myers. He knows exactly how this is going to play. Right. OK, well, hey, don't blame me. Don't blame me for Kevin Durant leaving. Like, I don't think for a second he just got on social media and saw like 10 people go, dude, it's your fault. KD left, man. So oh, I got to get you. I got to tell everybody what's going on because people on social media are saying bad things about me. No, he's a, he's a calculated dude. He knows exactly what this is going to be. And if you are the Warriors, if you are at all hesitant, doesn't this push you over the edge? Because Draymond's not the player he was. Now, does he still have some good years left and can be a pretty good, you know, fourth or, you know, number four guy on a team and, and be kind of a glue and some kind of leadership? Yeah, he could easily do that. Um, but is he really going to be that worth that? that much for Golden State as they try to reconfigure who they are, right? They want to come back behind Steph and Clay, and hopefully Clay is back, because if Clay's not back, mm-hmm. it's going to be another year like last year where they're not going to make the playoffs. So this is one of those times where, hey, I'm talking my way out of town, and if you're the Warriors, it's, hey, I'm really pissed. I don't know if I can coach this guy. Well, at the same time, if we're really going to move on, isn't now the time? Let's get something for him, and let's move on and try to, to, to restart this team. So it's kind of like greasing the the skids to something that the Warriors might have been open to a little bit anyway. You know, I think this is something that could set the ball in motion uh, when it comes to moving on from Draymond. But I believe, look, at some point they were going to have to do it because when you look at the amount of money they have tied into their main players of the guys, Draymond Green would be the one that you're like, well, maybe he's expendable just because the beauty of his game doesn't show up in the the box score, you know, it's not like he puts up major points. Uh, it's not like he's a triple-double stuffer. He, he he makes contributions in a bunch of different ways. But are you willing to pay max dollars for someone who is older making those kind of contributions? Yeah, look, he's a he's a seven, seven, and seven guy now. 
right? He doesn't score anymore. He takes mm-hmm. about you know he takes about six shots a game, right? He doesn't pull down the rebounds like he used to. I mean, he was he was always a like a like a near double digit threat. He does pass the ball a little bit more. His assists have been pretty consistent. But at this point, is Draymond Green somebody that you say, oh no, we have to have him? I mean, you've had the best of his career, right? The, the guy's thirty one. Mm-hmm. You've had the best of his career. You went to five finals. You won three of them. It was awesome. Uh, it's kind of like okay, we we can turn the page on that. You know, we we've seen the best of him, and and is him going to be a, him being around going to make us that uh, over the top playoff team? No. Do, would he have more value on a different team? Hundred percent. You know, we talked to Rick Buecher last hour that said, hey, you know what, Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard would love to have him, love to have him. I, this is one of those smoke fire things. All these guys were in the Olympics together. You know, this is how the the the, the Miami Heat had their uh, dynasty because LeBron and D Wade and Bosh played the Olympics together and thought, hey, what a fun idea if we all get together and play. Uh, it wasn't really that well thought out. That was kind of what it was. So, you know, you think about here and Green and, and Lillard and KD and you connect the dots. And I'm telling you, I, I, I look at this and go, Draymond Green is probably the most likely star to move teams before the season starts. Right? We thought maybe Damian Lillard's going to request mm-hmm. a trade. You could be something, could see some kind of deal happen. No, I think Draymond, Draymond Green right now, if I'm the Warriors, I bet you they're on the phones right now going, what can we do? Do we need to keep him? If we want to move on, who do we contact? We know it's going to leak at some point, so let's make sure we're okay with it. And and they are going through, what do we do with Draymond Green right now? And and the way that this is going to play, because this is just starting to get out, uh, this is not going to be, hey, Steve Kerr saying, ah, you know, Draymond's cool. You know, Draymond says what he does. No, he basically said, you guys don't know what you're doing. And you handled things all the wrong way, and it's your fault the dynasty is over, right? You are blaming the, the head coach and the GM. This is why the dynasty, this is why KD's not here, because you did this. I don't know that you can come back from that. No, I mean, it's very difficult for to, to come back from because you've sown seeds of distrust. And so how can Bob Myers and Steve Kerr really trust that you can be like a great leader and an all-in team guy when you kind of voice your, I guess, differences or grievances right now, three years after the fact? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the point for three years later? Unless you want to do something about it. This is not, okay, a month after it happens, Draymond's getting killed for all this stuff. You're the one, dude. If you could have just not fought with Kevin Durant, it would have been fine. I mean, what purpose does it serve three years later other than for some kind of personal agenda that Draymond's got? Look, Katie doesn't care. You know, he's gone. Like, I was there. Mm-hmm. I won. It's all good, man. I got, you know, I made a ruin my career there almost, you know, playing on my bad Achilles. But he's gone. Draymond's the guy. He's the guy holding the bag in this Uh, it really is something be sure to catch live editions of the jason smith show with mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? 
You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop they ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We have a special guest joining us now on the hotline to break down the bombshell that we got tonight or earlier today from Draymond Green and Kevin Durant doing a podcast and an interview that they are starting out. New thing, Venture for Draymond Green. They talked about the well-publicized event in 2018 in which they got an argument that spilled off the basketball court and into the locker room. Potentially, this was what pushed Kevin Durant to leave the Warriors and sign with the Brooklyn Nets eventually. But when... Draymond and KD talked about it. They didn't seem to blame each other. Uh, they talked about how it was GM Bob Myers and head coach Steve Kerr's fault that they let the situation fester and didn't try to solve it. Here's Draymond Green from the interview that says, oh, no, it's not our fault. It's their fault. Y'all about to this up. I said the only person that can make this right is me and Kay. And there's nothing that y'all can do, and y'all are going to this up and in my opinion they it up i think so too <laughs> they told me right then and there like we're going to suspend you for this game i laughed in their face literally laughed in their face and bob said to me he said uh, wow that was not the reaction i was looking for or expecting KD went on to say, yes, it was about Myers and Kerr not trying to figure out a solution, and that's why he left. You talk about bombshells. With us now, Rick Buecher, Fox Sports 1, NBA insider, longtime friend of the show. Rick, you're going to get your wish. We're not going to mention the Knicks during tonight because I don't know that we're going to get past Draymond and KD here. Well, then I'm just not doing this segment. (laughs) I'm going to be like... I'm going to be like Kelly Oubre Jr. If you're not starting me, then I'm I'm going to go to Charlotte. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, oh. I'll soldier through. I'll soldier through. This is too okay. good. This is too good to pass up. I, oh wait, I oh, we I'll, I'll be Monty Ginobili. I have no problem coming off the bench for this one. Oh, uh, we were giving you your exit music now. Okay, all right, all right. There well, you go. I guess we'll stay with us. All right, hey, what's your big takeaway from from this today? Because I look at this and I go. How badly does Draymond Green want to stay with the Warriors after something like this gets out? 
Yeah, well, here's the thing. If, if he was that upset, you would have thought that we were talking about why Draymond Green left. Because the way this was portrayed and the way it was handled, if this is an accurate portrayal of it, and this is what we don't know. I mean, this, is, this is the heart of what we don't know. Did Steve Kerr and Bob Myers ever try to get KD and Draymond Green into a room to hash it out? Or did they simply, because they were on pins and needles, walking on eggshells, whatever analogy you want to use, cliche about already feeling as if Kevin Durant wasn't planning to stay? Were they so fearful of upsetting him that they were like, okay, you know, we can't, this might have been two guys going at it. And to me it was um, because did Draymond Green turn the ball over in the situation and did Kevin Durant want the ball? I mean, they were practically fighting for the rebound when they first got it. Did it send them to overtime in the game? Yes, all, all of that. But I can tell you, if you're a player of Draymond Green's status, I don't care who it is, if they're clapping their hands for the ball – that is that's the same as on the playground. Hey, Jack, I'll give it to you when you get it. And I understand KD is the guy, and, and Draymond should have passed it. But th- there was two guys involved here that if you're a championship team, you don't treat each other that way when a mistake is made. Draymond Green knew he screwed up. You don't need to you don't need to let him know. And so I don't know how the Warriors ultimately if it's if it's an accurate portrayal, it's possible that they tried to get those two guys in a room at the time and they weren't willing to do it or KD wasn't willing to do it. But Draymond Green said the reason that he wanted to do this, he wanted to talk about it because he wanted to get it off his chest because he's been the one who has been blamed for Kevin Durant leaving. And he basically took whatever it was that he was carrying on his shoulders or on his chest and he dumped it on Bob Myers and Steve Kerr's head. And for KD to co-sign that is one thing because he's no longer there. But for Draymond Green to do it, while he's still part of the organization, like ultimately the only thing that's gained out of it is Draymond Green is trying to clear his name at the expense of the team that he plays for. And I've got to believe that there got to be more conversations had before this team shows up in training camp in order to clear the, clear the air on how Draymond cleared the air on that situation. So, so Rick, the, the Warriors will take offense to Draymond Green doing this because in my, my, my standpoint, I, I kind of view Draymond as a guy that kind of spouse off anyway. Like, that's kind of his personality. They yeah. would see this as a bigger deal because this is something that even goes beyond the normal Draymond Green kind of going off and being transparent or yeah. loud and bodacious. Yeah, no, 100%. Because Bucky, what, they're, what, what he's basically doing is he's suggesting that Steve Kerr and Bob Myers don't know how to do their job. Mm. Now, he may have had disagreements with Steve Kerr. And, and to me, again, that's the distinction. It's like guys have had differences on team. The fact that they had this difference, and I don't even blame Draymond in the, in the circumstance. Like, he ran KD off. Uh, nor did KD stay that he left because of this, he just said, yeah, they didn't handle it correctly. I think that's being, being misinterpreted here. But whatever Draymond Green has complained about, it's never been about someone not knowing how to do their job. They may have a disagreement in philosophy. Um, they may be emotionally upset about a certain circumstance or a loss, but this goes way deeper than that. And what he's doing is he's undermining the authority, whether he knows it or not, he's undermining the authority of Steve Kerr and Bob Myers with a team that has a lot of young players on it that now, if they're listening to Draymond, they're looking at Steve and Bob in a different, in a different light free agents who might want to come play for the Warriors are looking at them in a different light. I just don't know that Draymond Green knows the extent of the damage he did to those two guys by what he said. And I just have to question this. Did it need to be said? Were you just, if you were doing it just for your benefit, 
at this point, what is the value of revisiting that and putting it on Steve and Bob, even if that's accurate, which we still getting only one side of it. I don't know that I'm ready to go quite that far. Well, what, what, what if you play the devil's advocate side? Because obviously it's, it's about Draymond's situation now. Can he stay in Golden State, right? How big of a deal, as you said, what kind of damage did he do? How yeah. much credence could you give to the fact? Look, Draymond's a smart guy. He knows when he says stuff. He knows what it means. He knows what the impact Ooh. is. How much Ooh. of it could be, you know what, I want out. Ooh. And this is his Ooh. way of saying, you know what, I want out Ooh. and I'm going to torch Ooh. the place on my way. <laughs> oh, Jason, I, I smell what you're stepping in right there. It, um, I, I don't know, but I would not put it past him. And the reason is because of a guy that he played with on Team USA, who I know would love to have Draymond Green in his, in, in his uniform. Mm. And that's Damian, and that's Damian Lillard. Mm, Damian Lillard would, would love to have Draymond Green. That's the Draymond Green is the player that the Portland Trailblazers have been trying to find for the last four or five years. And he's exactly the kind of player that you need uh, next to C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard to make that team work. And if you do that, then uh, Damian Lillard, there's no more talk about or even thought by Damian Lillard of going anyplace else. So, I don't know it, but again, if we're searching for a reason for for Draymond to do it, that's about as good of one as I can think of. Mm, man, that's all it took. It took a little road trip to Tokyo to get Draymond yeah, Green hey. fired up to start. Um, hey, kind of commiserating that's how the, that's how the original big three in Miami. They, they it was on a on an Olympic trip to China, if I'm not mistaken where those guys first started hatching their plan. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes on on those Team USA trips, evidently. Hey, Rick, I have to ask you something that's non-related to Draymond and the thing, because I'm curious, obviously in L.A., like, if so much hype was around the L.A. Clippers and Kawhi and all these guys, and it seems like they've kind of traded, because you remember this was a team that was, what is it, grit and grind or whatever they that, that was their mantra. It seems like they're trading away all the grimy players and they've embraced all the glam with Kawhi and PG. What is the future for this Clipper squad? Yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't look at it like that. I, I think that they did go from Lob City, which was more glitz and glam, to more of a gritty team. Grit and grind is actually Memphis, but but the Clippers embraced the same concept, same idea uh, with Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. But that team was there. Uh, in my estimation, there were too many Cowboys in that rodeo. Like there were too many guys that lived by the swag and they needed more chemistry and more emotional poise than those guys playing with the edge that they did. And I actually, I like the direction that they've gone. Look, they still got Reggie Jackson, so their meter as far as craziness is still well <laughs> above the average. I mean, he, he alone can carry that mantle for them just fine. But, um, you know, trading out a Montrez Harrell for a surge of Baca, uh, I thought was a good move. Luke Kennard for Landry Shamet, I thought was a good move. Uh, Terrence Mann being moved up in the rotation. I, I actually, I like what they have built over the last year. And the biggest problem wasn't uh, that they, they moved on from Pat Bev. The problem was Pat Bev's making $14 million, and they had uh, 16 guaranteed contracts or 15 guaranteed contracts, and they – and that was before re-signing like Nick Batum um, and and maybe even Reggie Jackson. So they they had to create more ro- uh, roster space. And Pat Bev and Rajon Rondo were just you know the odd men out. And at fourteen million, Pat Bev isn't a fourteen million player, uh, fourteen million dollar player anymore. And the other part is, is that if like he was. I've never been more impressed with Pat Bev than I was during these playoffs when he was getting yo-yoed in and out of the starting lineup, in and out of the rotation, 
And every time he played, he gave you everything he, he had. And, and it didn't change his demeanor whatsoever. And I thought he was really effective. Now, the question would be, uh, based on you know, how Reggie Jackson played and Terrence Mann moving up in the rotation and the pieces that they have, Pat Bev was probably going to have to deal with that all next season. Would he be willing, would he still be a good soldier if that was the role that he was going to have to play? And I have my doubts that he would have. So the combination of having to make a roster move and really looking around and not having any other, I wouldn't have traded. I mean, Serge Ibaka was the other option, and uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade him. And it probably would have been difficult to do so because he's just coming off back surgery. Most people aren't going to make a deal for him until they see him play again. So I, I get why they did it. Um, I just, I did a podcast on this, which is it, the deal actually makes sense and it might even work. I don't know if it's going to work, <laughs> but. I understand why they did it and who they did it with. All right, Rick, lastly, uh, hey, you know, the, the weekly conversation about the Lakers uh, and their veterans that they are signing and pursuing. Yesterday they work out Isaiah Thomas, Darren Collison. Yeah. Today they work out Paige Stoyakovich and Alonzo Mourning. I, All right. <laughs> hold, 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 hold on. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Okay. They they didn't work them out. This is what I love. LeBron worked them out. Like, we just take it as a foregone conclusion that he's the GM of the team now. I mean, I, this is really – this is amusing to me now, where it's like Le, we're not even trying to disguise that LeBron decides who's on the roster. Now guys <laughs> is just coming to him and we're – I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they worked out at his house, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, look, come on up. Uh, it, it, it's – no, uh, but um, – Anyway, you ask your question. I just, I, I couldn't. I'm so amused by that. Like we've just taken, we've ripped the, we've ripped the, the, uh, the curtain off of the fact that LeBron James basically runs the Lakers. Uh, you know, look. Obviously, he likes all the vets, and if uh, you know, hey, this could work. If, if he keeps working all these guys out, Rick, eventually, you know, they're going to hit on some over thirty guys. They're going to work out for him. Yeah, I, I, you know, the funny thing is, is you look at all the guys that they worked out, and I've also heard that. Um, now that Pat Bev has been moved on to Minnesota, there's a better chance that Rajon stays in Memphis. But I had heard that if they decided to let him go or, or move on, if he became available, there's a possibility he could wind up going back to L.A., that to the Lakers. Oh, God. That would, that would depend <laughs> on, obviously, yeah, I know. But, I, hey, look, um, I don't know what to tell you. I, it, it, here's the thing. If you're going to go down this road where you're going to say we're – I mean, what they're really trying to do is to recapture the same thing that they had two years ago when they won in the bubble and when they were really good during the regular season is that they got a bunch of guys that everybody discounted and that all had a chip on their shoulder because everybody said they were done. I get the sense they're trying to recreate that same mindset so the more guy Isaiah Thomas fits right into that category. Uh, certainly, you could say Russ, Russ Westbrook does. Uh, you can go down the line. Like all the old guys that they brought in um, have been, you know, people have devalued them, and and they're proud guys. Now, I don't know that physically they have enough, and chances are you're not going to get three months off and then play in the bubble. Uh, so I don't know that this uh, this blueprint will work, but I understand why they're doing it, and I actually I respect it. I, I may disagree with the, the the model. I may say that the model's not going to work, but they're being consistent. They have a plan. They have a vision, and they're executing it. And I'm never going to be mad at somebody for having an idea and seeing if it works. It's the people that either change in midstream or don't seem to have a plan that I have a greater issue with. So I don't think it's going to work, but I, I, again, in much the same way with the Clippers trade, I get why they're doing what they're doing. You can follow him on Twitter at Rick Buecher. That is at Rick Buecher, Fox Sports 1, NBA analyst and inside of the book rebound with Brian Grant available. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever you buy books. Rick, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. And despite the fact we didn't talk Knicks, thanks for sticking around. I appreciate it. 
Kemba, yo. <laughs> hey, he's not just healthy. He's super healthy. Okay, he's super yeah. healthy. That's he'll be playing big 48 difference. minutes the first, the first night, and he'll be That's... on the shelf for two weeks. <laughs> oh, always great stuff from Rick Buecher. Oh, my goodness. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out... F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, you find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3 0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
five-year NFL veteran, Bucky Brooks. I've been doing radio for 20 years. Does that make me a veteran? Am I a radio veteran now, Bucky? Am I a legend? I mean, what am I? Am I an institution? I mean, what, what am I after almost nope. two decades? Uh, I mean, I don't know. You have to be a vet, right? I mean, you're I, a, I should, you're, right? You're, you the, you're a distinguished nothing. orange, you so lose. you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, you know? like, like, don't I have like some kind of ten and five privileges? Where, like, hey, on a trade, I can veto a trade to a lot of different radio stations and networks <laughs> if I wanted to. I, mean, I can have that, right? Yeah, you can do that. All right, very good I mean, deal. <laughs> I like that. Oh no, no, no! Listen, I, I want to go. This is where I want to go. If you're going to trade me someplace, you trade me here. <laughs> you trade me to New York so I can talk about the Jets every day. Um, so let's do this for the next few minutes here. Like we've we've talked on and off about some of the big rookie quarterbacks uh, tonight. You know, we'll get back into Justin Fields a little bit. I know you got some stuff on Trey Lance too. Um, but uh, so let's go through some of these guys here. And you know, last night Mike and I talked about Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, you look, as in the wake of all the Tim Tebow news with Tebow getting let go. And and it, for a while it was, OK, boy, this is really something that the, the Tebow circus is kind of allowing Trevor Lawrence to kind of be under the radar as he gets in himself, you know, and acclimates himself to the NFL. But, Buck, we, we, we saw Trevor Lawrence play already, and this is a guy we talked about nonstop for two years. When he gets to the league, he's a once-in-a-generational quarterback, and now we actually have video of him playing in a game. And he's like story number 20 coming off this first week into the NFL. Like Zach Wilson garnered more headlines and more interest, and so did Justin Fields and Trey Lance and so many other things, and Dak Prescott's injury. I mean, here is Trevor Lawrence, and, and, and it's actually time to, how great is he going to be? Is he just going to be good? And, like, nobody wants to talk about him. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's stunning to me that a guy that was the, the talk of football for so long, and it can't just be Jacksonville because, look, you can be a star anywhere in the National Football League, but that, that's one of the most baffling things to me about training camp is that why isn't Trevor Lawrence a bigger story? Just what he does every day, how he does in seven-on-sevens, how he does when it's 11-on-elevens. You know, did he throw a pick you know, in a double coverage in the end? We don't get any of that from Trevor Lawrence. Well, a lot of that is by design. Jason, like the Jaguars have not really put Trevor Lawrence front and center and created um, the kind of hype machine that you would think when you have the number one overall pick and he is entering the league as a generational talent. Urban Meyer has Trevor Lawrence in a quarterback competition with Garner Minshew. So that's kind of detracted from Trevor Lawrence kind of sealing the deal or kind of being anointed at the deal because you can't say that hey, he's in a quarterback competition, but we want you to use him in all the materials as the franchise quarterback. Like, it doesn't go together. And so, he look, he is as good as advertised when you get a chance to see him. Having watched him a few times through our training camp, arm talent, athleticism, moxie, IQ, all the things that you talk about for a franchise quarterback, he, he checks them off. And so, it is literally just the organization kind of keeping the – keeping him under wraps instead of the team and everybody really pushing him out there and really allowing him to be the drawing card, the selling card. Yeah, I, I hear you on that, but that still shouldn't stop us, you know, on TV, on the radio, after we see him play, from talking about him. Right, because look, whatever Zach Wilson does, like the Jets are, the Jets mm-hmm. have Zach Wilson out there front center. They're not trying to find stuff when Zach Wilson's mom decides to say things, but that's kind of what happens. And you know, Zach Wilson's not someone who is saying a lot of things and is not you know doing a lot of inflammatory stuff. But what he does, that's a big deal. What what Justin Fields does is always a big deal. The Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo thing. I mean, e- even from our perspective, where hey, it's stuff that we can just talk about. Hey, where's Trevor Lawrence after this first game? Where is he said, is he going to take over the league by storm? Is there going to be more of a quiet uh, in, into, you know, sliding into the season a little bit where maybe he takes a little bit to get up on his upward curve? I mean, that none of that should stop all of us from talking about him. And yet still, like on, on show, on, like on our show and on different shows during the day and on TV, he's like topic number 10. So, I mean, that part of it should be something that, okay, well, you can keep a guy under wraps, but we're still going to talk about him. It's like we, we still talked about Jordan Love and nobody saw the guy for a year, you know, and still he was yeah. a big topic of conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, you would like to think it would change. And maybe once Coach Meyer, Urban Meyer has the big announcement and they announce Trevor Lawrence as the number one, maybe you'll see a different campaign um, 
around it. But right now it has been very quiet for him. And some of that is also the nature of the town. Um, when was the last time people made the, the, the Jaguars a national story where you really want to keep up with their stars and all that other stuff. And so some of that is him. Some of that is the team. But if both parties take care of their business, uh, there'd be an opportunity to put um, Trevor Lawrence's name in lights for sure. All right, well, I, I can answer that one question for you. The last time that the Jaguars were national, the Miles Jack fumble that got blown dead early in the AFC title game mm-hmm. and when Mark Brunel was the quarterback. There yeah. you go. There's your Jaguars history in 10 seconds. I mean, that's it. That's that's when I was there. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what you have. And so um, you, you you don't have any anybody that um, you can recognize. And so Trevor Lawrence has an opportunity to be the face of the franchise um, forever and ever, depending on how his career plays out. So we'll see. They're trying to take it slowly and easily let him kind of acclimate to the league. But – I think he's talented enough. He'll figure it out. All right. Now, when it comes to Justin Fields, we talked about this early in the show, and you said week three he'll wind up being the quarterback of the Bears. So this is going to really upset Andy Dalton because, you know, he, every day Andy Dalton's talking about how it's his time. He's like, it's his time. He's get He's got the job. He's the starter. Look, today he said, mm-hmm. this is my time now. Justin Fields, is, he's going to have a great career, but this is my time. I mean, I, th- does a guy think he's 22 and just coming into the league? Like, no, we've seen the guy for a while. He's not been good for a long time. Uh, but I know how high you are on Justin Fields and just seeing some of the throws he's able to make. I, I can't see no matter what Andy Dalton says or tries to put out in the universe, the desire to see him play quarterback is going to be so great. Uh, is there any chance it's before week three that we see him? Hey, you know what? I know oh, Andy yeah. Dalton was QB one, but hey, he's ready for the season. It is that because I mean, Jason, I know, you, you know, because uh, you, you coach softball, like as a, as a hobby on the side, right? Don't you, don't you go softball? You do so, things with you softball and soccer. Yeah, I do. Both, so, softball and soccer. Okay. okay. You are a busy dude. So, Here's my plan, and here is how Matt Nagy can handle Andy Dalton and keep his promise (laughs) while also bringing joy to the Bears fans, right? So what you can do is in in football, in youth football, they have a thing called like a minimum play rule where everybody has to play a certain number of plays um, per team. So what I suggest that the Bears do is that Andy Dalton can start the game, but after one play – (laughs) <laughs> Justin Fields runs right onto the field and taps Andy Dalton on the shoulder and Andy Dalton runs out. That way he can be introduced with the starters. He can run out the tunnel. He can come out the huddle. He can do whatever he wants and whatever play you call on the first one is great. But on the second play, Justin Fields runs into the game. What, what do you think about that? Dude, that's brilliant. I didn't know how you're going to do that. When you say, how do you keep your promise to Andy Dalton and keep Bears fans happy? That's like mutually exclusive. But yeah, okay, for one play, it's going to be a handoff, right? We'll hand it off to start the game and then come out of it. He can wave to everybody on his way out, right? Justin Fields gives him a high five. Thanks a lot. And then he comes out and comes into the huddle. No, I dig that. I think that's awesome. And we just, all 17 weeks are like that, right? All 17 weeks. All se- and then Bears fans would call like week 13 and go, you know, we're giving away the first play of the game. You know it's a running play. We're going to be second and 11. And then Justin Fields comes in. Does he still have to start? They would still find a way to be upset about it. <laughs> they would be, but that's the best way to appease it. Because, Andy, you're like, hey, we kept our promise. We kept our promise. We didn't We didn't say you start the entire year every game, the every minute of the game. <laughs> I didn't say how much you were going to play. Yeah. You know, I remember a game, and this was, I always think about this when you, when, you know, you say that. Uh, Auburn, this is back in the 90s, you know, Auburn, the Auburn program was just like in and out of trouble like the entire time. And they had a quarterback named Jeff Berger was the quarterback mm. at Auburn, right, in the mid-90s. And something happened where there was a call to suspend him for the game, for whatever it was. And the, the ruling came down that he could play, but he couldn't start the game, right? That was the rule. You could play, but you can't start. So I remember when that happened, thinking, oh, maybe they'll bring him in first quarter, second quarter, whatever it was. The first play of the game, the backup quarterback took the snap and took a knee. And he came out of the game, and Jeff Berger came into the game and played the rest of the game. <laughs> 
He snapped. He took a knee, and I think he actually just went down to the ground like and lost two yards. Didn't even try a play. He just went down. He came out, and Jeff Berger came out to play. He just played the rest of the game. Oh, he can't start. Okay, yeah, we'll get around that. All right, you didn't start. It's all good. It works out that way. That's funny. Oh, I dig that, man. I tell you, that, that story is going to start gaining a lot of traction around Chicago, man. That's awesome, Buck. I like that a lot. Mm. Jason Smith, Bucky Brooks, Fox Sports Radio. All right, so let's get to Trey Lance then, right? We, we, we start with Trevor Lawrence, went to Justin Fields. We talked about uh, Zach Wilson a bit. I know you're a big fan of Trey Lance, and, and this is a situation that certainly he looks like he makes the wow plays. Does he really need that much seasoning? Because, look, just like with Justin Fields, the call to have him play is going to come way sooner because Niners fans and the media and the team, look, they know Garoppolo's not their guy. They know that they, that they would trade him if they could, and Trey Lance has to play at some point. Uh, is Trey Lance on, the, on the, uh, the track to play early in the season too? He has to be because otherwise, what are we doing? Otherwise, Okay, so Jason, I grew up in a house where um, at Christmas time – we would give our list early and you see the random packages kind of come trickling in, right? The mailman would deliver something. And my mom and dad, they would take it up to the, the attic or they would put it at the top of the closet or whatever. So my brother and I, we would always go and kind of look at the toys and see what we have. That's what's going on in San Francisco, right? <laughs> Every day that Cal Shanahan shows up, he walks by the locker room and he sees Jimmy Garoppolo. He's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We went to the Super Bowl with that guy. And then he sees, the Adonis, right? The body beautiful Trey Lance with all of his superpowers and all of the other stuff. And he was like, oh boy, look at that one. Look at look at that G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip and all that. Look at all the things that he has over there. And I got Barbie. I got I got Ken doll over here, but I got G.I. Joe with all of the extra stuff, right? And he can't wait to have an opportunity to like unleash him on the league. Because as I've said, their running game is problematic already. But now you give him a quarterback who I would say is a more talented version of what they had with RG3 when he was at Washington. And you saw RG3 just become an offensive rookie of the year playing in an offense that showcases skills and ability and all of that stuff. I just think it's going to be hard for Kyle Shanahan to resist the urge to just put the guy in at some point and say, hey, man, let's, I got all these plays that I've drawn up for him. I can't believe I'm just going to keep these plays in the drawer. We, we, we gotta, I, I, I got to see it. I got to see it come to life. So I, I, by the middle of the season, Trey Lance has to be in the lineup. Is there going to be any, any trade value on, on Garoppolo? Is there any way they're going to move him at some point? Okay, hey, we've made the commitment to Trey Lance. I can't believe anybody's calling the 49ers now going, hey, is, is Jimmy available? Is Jimmy available? I, I can't believe that's the case now. Maybe a few months ago before everybody was, was figuring things out, like around the draft, okay, if we don't get our guy, we know the Niners moved up to get a quarterback, we can get Garoppolo and go in there, but everybody seems like they're all set now. And, and, and could Jimmy be a guy that they actually trade at some point? I mean, maybe. I don't know how much they would get back on on the investment. Like, I don't know what he fetches in return. Uh, Lots of injuries. Play has been, eh, been all right. Hasn't been great. It's been okay. Um, I don't know what he gets you in return. Does he get you third? Does he get you second? can't imagine giving up a first one. Right, but at some point, if you know, okay, you got to get what you get. Right. It's not like, okay, yeah, we maybe missed our window to get something big for him. And now things have worked out. And look, and, and if Trey Lance is good, I don't know that they care that much going, hey, well, we got mm-hmm. a guy. Nobody gives a crap, but we're getting right. we, we could get anything for Jimmy now and no one's going to care yeah. because Trey Lance is so good. So they might wind up taking, you know, if they take a second or a third for him. But I just don't know. I mean, is, is it if a team suffers an injury, is 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 Garoppolo the first call? Like, is, is that where you go that he can come in and, and, and be that kind of player? I mean, I think I think you have to um, because look, the pool is so it's so shallow uh, when it comes to quarterbacks and and guys who have played and played at a high level. So it it makes it weird, makes it a bit of a challenge. I, you know, I just don't know what I don't know what he fetches in return, and I don't know what the perfect spot is. But as long as they hold on to him and someone gets injured, it'll give him a chance to quickly jump in. Or maybe they just do it where he starts the first play of the game and then comes out and then Trey Lance I mean, comes in. That's kinda, a trend-setting idea. I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, like a WWE event where 
you know, you just kind of tagging tagging your guy in. You you remember how those those old matches used to be when we were young, and like mm-hmm. the guys just desperate trying to get to the corner, right? They right. Got him by the thing. He's just he's just trying to stretch out. He's trying to do it, and he that's that's Kyle Shanahan trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo to tag. Hey. Tag, tag him in. I'm try- I can't, Coach. I'm trying to get my. They got my leg. Iron Sheik is on my leg, and I can't. I can't. I can't get it. That's that's what that's what it is. And it's so, to- it was always like six inches away, and then at the last second, like then, the bad guy would yeah. come in and knock him out of the way. Yeah, yeah. They get it, and then the guy finally gets tagged, and he comes in like the Energizer Bunny and just deposes everybody, just dispatches everybody at one time. That's that's what this is. Jimmy Garoppolo is stuck just someone has him and he's just trying to desperately reach out and Kyle Shanahan is basically trying to drag him over there and make him touch uh, that's when Gorilla Monsoon would say he's cleaning house right now look at this he just would hit everybody going around the ring that's where we're at that's where we're at we're at a, a super slam event Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky? in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cam Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.